Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Morning, Allison. Morning, Bill. Happy that we are together this morning on a nice Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Well, we like to begin our program, the Bill and Allison Mencaro program, with a verse. And uh, this is uh, from Acts, the fifth chapter. And there's a particular reason why we picked out this this verse for you this morning. And you know, I'll tell you, tell you in a moment after we read it. From Acts chapter 5, when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded they should not snow. Uh, they is the, the rulers of uh, Jerusalem. Um, when they had called the apostles, and the, I should say the rulers, the council, uh, Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish rulers. Okay, let's start again. When they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Well, there was a trial um, this past uh, couple of weeks, and uh, it was prosecuting six pro-life protesters uh, in a federal trial in Nashville. Now, you may remember we interviewed one of these uh, who had been on the uh, Tucker uh, program when he was on Fox News, uh, and uh, Paul Vaughn. And we had an interview with Paul Vaughn, who was on trial, and with his five co-defendants. They were accused of conspiracy and blocking an abortion clinic. Uh, he said they did not block the abortion clinic. They didn't block anybody from going in. Uh, they, they attempted to talk to women going in about uh, their alternatives. Uh, for abortion. In fact, they were—they are pr- the ones who are pro-choice. Um, well, they were convicted. They face 11 years in federal prison and hundreds of thousands of dollars in fine. They were not accused of any violence, but they were found guilty in the court in Tennessee of conspiracy against rights secured by the FACE Act, which is a uh, Federal access to abortion, reproductive rights—they call it. Okay, uh, but anyway, the Face Act is a is a Clinton era law. Actually, I was going to say that it's relatively recent. Mm-hmm. Under under Bill Clinton, it criminalizes the use of force or threats of force that prevents someone from accessing an abortion clinic. Well, I'll tell you what: a grand total of zero people have ever been arrested for protesting outside the houses of Supreme Court justices after Roe v. Wade was overturned. It's a federal crime to protest outside the house of a Supreme Court justice. Zero people have ever been arrested or charged for that. But peaceful, and they were, they were a mob, they were a riot. Peaceful pro-lifers now face 11 years in prison for praying outside an abortion clinic. Okay. Um, Matt Walsh, who's a Daily Wire podcast host, uh, said that the Department of Justice is full-on Soviet-style corruption and persecution after the verdict was done. He said, this is incredible. Quote, the U.S. attorney prosecuting the pro-life activists who were just convicted and face 11 years in prison for peacefully protesting outside of a clinic U.S. attorney actually argued in court that there is no such thing as a nonviolent crime 
Meanwhile, the Biden administration is currently in the process of releasing hundreds of criminals from prison on the basis that their crimes were non-violent. So they make legal arguments totally arbitrarily depending on the politics of the situation. Full-on Soviet-style corruption and persecution, end quote. Um, Libs of TikTok reacted, the Biden regime is evil and corrupt to the core. They're jailing pro-lifers for praying and singing. Meanwhile, most Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters had their charges dropped. Democrats staged, staged, we now know that it was staged, multiple insurrections, taking over state capitals. Democrat-run cities riddled with crime as their soft-on-crime DAs let violent criminals go free. This is all libs of TikTok. The Democrats accuse us of fascism. This is real fascism. They always, Harley always said, and libs of TikTok must have been quoting Harley, they always accuse us of what they themselves are doing. Hmm. How many times has Harley said that? So please pray for Paul Vaughn and his five co-defendants. Um, and you can go to thomasmoresociety.org to donate to them. That's Thomas, M-O-R-E, Society. Dot .org and uh, you can scroll down for donate now and uh, you can donate to the Nashville 6. There you go. That's why we read from Acts 5 this morning. They let they departed counting worthy to suffer shame for his name. They ceased not to teach and preach preach Jesus Christ. You know, Paul Vaughn had an interesting statement. He said that uh, what they do, he said, this is common practice. The prosecutors will say, okay, you're charged with all these crimes, but we'll, we'll make a plea bargain with you, a plea dealer, okay, deal, deal rather. We'll make a plea deal with you, and here's the deal. We'll drop a bunch of these charges. You'll probably get, pro- we'll get the judge to give you probation but you've got to turn on your fellow co-defendants and testify against them. And there was a woman in this group who did exactly that. And uh, I don't know if she lied on the stand, what the story was. I don't know much about that. But that's what they do. And they say, look, if you go to trial, you don't take this plea deal. Statistics show, there's a, uh, Paul Vaughn said, there's like an 80-some percent chance of you getting convicted. Uh, so, But if you'll turn on your, your friends here, we'll, we'll make sure that you get you know, real light sentence, or if anything at all, and that's the game they play, and that's how it's. That's how the they do it. That's the that's the game. Paul Vaughn said, "I will not." Take, he was offered a plea deal. He said, "I won't take it. I will not take it. It's a, it violates my conscience to plead guilty to something I did not do." Now he faces eleven years in federal prison. Wow. There you go. Well, we got a lot to talk about on the show today. Other than that, as well, we've got some a lot of funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have events going on in the Hill Country. You won't want to miss. What you got, Allison? Well, according to a home improvement company that operates across the United States, the Dominion is the twentieth most friendly neighborhood. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool in San Antonio. Yeah, it come just outside, just this side of of uh, San Antonio. And uh, this company compiled a list of the 200 most viewed U.S. neighborhoods on Zillow in 2022 mm-hmm. and analyzed nearly 150,000 Google reviews of businesses in those neighborhoods. And then the company looked for neighborhoods where the word friendly was used most often to rank each neighborhood. 
And the study says 13, 14% of Google reviews described the businesses in the area of the Dominion as friendly. Well, it's because Texans are friendly. Yeah, there you go. Well, the Dominion is known for its mil, uh, million-dollar homes and upscale amenities. Mm-hmm. Several San Antonio ce- celebrities have lived at the Dominion, including Spurs coach Greg Popovich, former Spurs player Manu Ginobili, and country singer George Strait. Uh, the median sales price for a home at the Dominion was $1.1 million last year. Mm. And last year, Popovich's mansion listed for $5.5 million. Uh, the four-bedroom, um, four-bedroom, six-bath estate was listed among San Antonio's most exclusive estates. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the realtor's wording. And, yeah. <laughs> of course, he's a raving leftist. Uh, oh, he, yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll bet he has a wall around his property. I'll bet he does. Yeah, I'll bet you can't just well, go up all, to Popovich's house and the, ring the bell. There's a wall around the Dominion. There you go. I think you have to have a the gate code to, to get in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the most friendly neighborhood in the, in the United States was in Seattle. <coughs> the second... <coughs> we don't have a cough button. <laughs> I don't. We don't. There you go. Just turn your mic off. There you go. Yeah. Allison's having a, a bit of a I don't know why. Okay, the, the second most friendly uh, was Kingwood in Houston. How about mm. that? Well, that's good to know. And this is most most of the high-ranking neighborhoods were in the western part of the United States. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. Well, Birdbrain had an interesting statement, which we dug up, Allison and I dug up. If you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, she's known by the name Nikki Haley. Uh, a few years ago, she went before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to be confirmed as ambassador to the United Nations, where her role is to read speeches that uh, people wrote for her. Well, Nikki Haley said, quote, If I am confirmed as ambassador, the ro- isn't that something we have an ambassador to the United Nations? What, what yeah. is that? I, yeah, I always, always wonder about that. What is that? And called ambassador, no less. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she said, quote, If I am confirmed, the role that climate change plays in refugee flows is an issue I look forward to assessing. Well, Birdbrain, there's nothing. <laughs> there's no role that climate change plays in refugee flows. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about. That's why she has that nickname. Uh, among other places, researchers at the Center for Immigration Studies, reviewed crop production in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala, and they found little evidence, little to no evidence, suggesting climate change is responsible for mass immigration to the United States. Uh, They said, the majority of the top agricultural products have seen production growth in recent years, in some cases tripling or quadrupling in size in these countries. Given the successful crop yields in Latin America, it is hard to imagine that climate change is a major factor driving migration flows. Uh, in her answers to senators, Birdbrain similarly called climate change real and one of the threats to American national security. Uh, and she told GOP primary voters last year that she believes in man-made climate change. So uh, uh, she said, yeah, anyway, I'll go on with, with that because we don't want to pay much attention to to somebody who is uh, not going to be in the news in another few hours. 
she's uh, oh although did you see Allison that she says I'm I'm in it till to win it I'm I'm in this race I'm not dropping out. So I thought I thought there was speculation that she was going to drop out after South Carolina. Which is she says up. she's not. She says well, she's not dropping out. Okay. You, you know. Well, she did say. Remember when in Iowa where she came in third, she got. <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> got up and said, it's now a two-person race. Uh-huh. You know, I wish I had been a reporter saying, oh, are you referring to you and DeSantis? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, you're referring to Trump and DeSantis when you say yeah. the two-person race? I mean, how can you come in third and say, well, I came in, actually, I came in second? Well, actually. She's an election denier, Allison. And DeSantis <laughs> did drop out, so. Well, he did. But that was before DeSantis dropped out. Right, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, got something? Or do I babble on? <laughs> well, the Supreme Court um, of I, uh, Oregon, the state Supreme Court, has blocked 10 Republicans from running for re-election. Uh, the, the 10 senators in Oregon cannot run for um, re-election, the, the court ruled. Uh, the court found that the senators are banned for running for, re- for re-election under a constitutional amendment approved in 2022. The amendment states... That lawmakers who miss at least 10 legislative days without an excuse, which is like a note from mommy, cannot <laughs> cannot seek re-election. How about, can you, how about that? Good gravy. So yeah. now, now we have the courts deciding who you can vote for and who, mm-hmm. won't, who will and will not be on the ballot. Yeah, and interesting, it was only Republicans. There were, there were no Democrats. Well, of course. well that's, that's the new Democrat strategy is keep Trump off the ballot, keep somebody you don't like off the ballot. But we're all for preserving democracy. We're fighting for democracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, That's really fighting for democracy. Well, speaking of, uh, f- speaking of that subject, what have we got here? Got a bunch of stuff. This week, the overwhelming majority of House Democrats in Congress voted against legislation that would make sure illegal alien drunk drivers are deported from the U.S. following their convictions. 150 Democrats voted to make sure that illegal alien drunk drivers, convicted drunk drivers, illegal aliens, are not deported. Just 59 House Democrats both ranks with, broke ranks with their party leadership joined 215 House Republicans to ultimately pass the bill that would make sure illegal alien drunk drivers are deported. Uh, and in another vote this week, 155 House Democrats voted against legislation that would ensure ICE agents can promptly deport illegal aliens convicted of Social Security fraud against American citizens. Wow. So 155 Democrats said, nah, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't deport uh, illegals who do Social Security fraud. Oh, yeah, yeah, but if Americans commit Social Security fraud, they face being thrown in jail that's right and and huge fines and they ought to be um it's extremely common i don't know if you know this allison you probably do social security fraud where that's when you have your social security number and your identity basically stolen by illegal aliens is extremely common Hmm. Uh, in 2018 an immigration reform law institute investigation said there were about 39 million cases in the prior four years where Americans had their identities stolen by illegal aliens. 39 million cases. Wow. 10,000 illegals using the same exact Social Security number voted in the November 3rd, 2020 election. 
10,000 illegals using the same Social Security number voted in the November 3rd, 2020 election. In Maricopa County, Arizona. Also in Maricopa County, 420,987 mail-in ballots were counted, and they have no signature match. In other words, they can't show that the, the per, they match the signature on the ballot to the known signature of the person. Well, they had almost half a million ballots counted, and guess who they, they were votes for? You think they were votes <laughs> for Trump? Just in Mar- almost half a million just in Marip- Maricopa County, Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Um, and wasn't, wasn't that pretty close, Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know what the numbers were, but uh, you know, Carrie Lake had the election, governor election stolen from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump had the uh, presidency stolen from him, uh, in particularly in Arizona. Uh, but uh, there you go. Well, the latest data, speaking of illegals, and we'll get off the subject in a moment, but uh, Joe Biden's caretakers uh, have, uh, DHS, has welcomed some 5 million border crossers and illegal aliens to American communities. Uh, a foreign population that exceeds one year of U.S. births. Uh, there's angel mom. They're called angel moms whose whose kids have died uh, from illegal aliens. Uh, her tw- 26-year-old daughter, Josephine Dunn's daughter, Ashley Marie Dunn, died after being poisoned by fentanyl. Uh, she she bought what she thought was oxycodone, but it was a fentanyl tablet. And fentanyl is manufactured in Mexico and then trafficked by the Mexican drug cartels. Manufactured in Mexico from Chinese ingredients. China ships them to Mexico and that's put together as fentanyl. And then trafficked by the Mexican drug cartels across the southern border before ending up in American communities and killing tens of thousands every month. In 2022, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses or poisonings, nearly 70% of which were due to fentanyl. Fentanyl is killing more Americans annually than car crashes and breast cancer. We we have a very close friend whose granddaughter died from a fentanyl overdose, and she was given the fentanyl by by her boyfriend, who who was selling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she died, and uh, shortly after that, he died, leaving two young children behind. Yeah, that's right. Which, right. which the uh, you know grandparents, grandparents take care, care of. of. Well, how often do you see that in you know in the, in the grocery stores, various stores, uh, where um, there's a couple and a small child, and you know that those are the grandparents, not mm-hmm. the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's you know we're talking about uh, legals and fentanyl and all that. Um, to vote in Mexico, every eligible Mexican citizen has to have a tamper-proof photo ID card with a thumbprint and an embossed hologram. All citizens, Mexican citizens, are required to personally enroll and show proof of birth or citizenships. Applicants are required to personally return to collect their voting credentials, and I have a picture of one right here, Instituto Federal Electoral. So how is it that we can't upgrade to Mexican standards, Allison, without being called racists? Mm -hmm. These are Mexican standards. Do you suppose it's because one political party has to stay in power because of voter fraud? suppose that might be the reason? So that's what we got. That's what we got. What do you got, Allison? Well, let's see. I already did that. 
Um, Did I catch you up short? Why don't we play, uh, well, since we're talking about Joe, Joe Biden's uh, Department of um, Health and what is it, HHS? No. What did I talk about? Oh, Homeland Security. Since we're talking about that, why don't we uh, play the uh, Biden NYE? BBN. So Trump takes back the White House and we finally get rid of your dumbass. What's next for you? Are you going on vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from the, uh, a couple of adult diaper companies. I mean, I already use their diapers, so, so I might as well make some money using them. You know, Jill wants to put me in a home, but they don't allow showering with daughters and shit. So I'm not that excited about that option. I think we're just going to wait and see. Well, that, of course, was a parody. I guess it was AI or something, um, because I, I mean, that was spot on. But, uh, we thought he'd enjoy that little little item. <laughs> we certainly did. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll play that a lot. I like that. <laughs> well, we were talking recently about, about the Dominion, but uh, more about uh, local um, housing. A company from Mexico, they're in the I, – I, I looked up the, the city, and it's – in a state of Mexico that I'd, I'd never heard of, and it's mid, and it's um, central, sort of toward the south. Uh, this company has bought 218 acres in Hill Country, and they're planning to build luxury homes, a boutique hotel, restaurants, and other amenities. And of course, they're surrounded by vineyards. And the land is on Young Ranch Road, which is off uh, 290. It's the road uh, toward Lukenbach. Um, I know that as Lukenbach Road. Right, right. Well, also, I mean, it has a route number. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, so so the development is going to be called Puerta del Lobo, USA, and it's going to have 100, uh, one-and-a-half-acre lots, uh, high-end houses, uh, along with a spa, fitness center, fresh food market, parks, trails, restaurants, a hotel, Healthcare clinic and event spaces for music festivals and wine classes. The lots, these one and a half acre lots, are expected to cost six hundred and fifty to seven hundred thousand dollars. That's just for the lot. What for one and a half acre lot? Yeah, for a lot, and then you you have to build your house on top, high end oh, house come on. on top of that. Yeah, we'll yeah, see how I, that goes. Yeah, I'm gonna see if that works. Well, and uh, <laughs> okay, the our uh, wine country here in Hill Country has been called the Napa Valley of the 1960s. <laughs> you mean the, the way Napa was in the 60s? Exactly. Is, is now exactly. In Hill Country. Well, that's uh, segues right into uh, we're going to be talking with January Weesey, who's executive director of Texas Hill Country Wineries. Uh, and that'll be coming up uh, in the program a little bit later. And we're going to talk about uh, different Texas wines and, and what's good and uh, some of the special uh, wines that are produced in Texas. Uh, so uh, just stay with the Bill and Allison show for that. And we're coming up on a, we're coming up on a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to tell you several reasons why Bill and Allison vote Democrat. Now here's the official Texas state song. Texas, oh Texas, you're wonderful and great. Boldest and grandest, withstanding every test. Oh, empire wide and glorious, you stand supremely blessed. Texas, oh Texas, your freeborn single star. 
sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. Carports, Gun- metal structures. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And you can hear us anytime, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. Yeah, that's where we post our shows, and mm-hmm. uh, so you can just download them to your favorite digital device, mm-hmm. firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. And, or you can listen online live on hillcountrypatriot.com. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Hill Country Patriot is your information station for the entire hill country 
Kerrville, Fredericksburg, Comfort, Bandera, Hunt, Ingram, Johnson City, Stonewall, Mountain Home, Center Point, Harper, Hunt. Oh, I mentioned Hunt. <laughs> okay. okay. Comfort. We were just in Center Point yesterday. Mm-hmm. Going to uh, a little shout out. That's right. That's <laughs> shout right. out uh, to Tucon Jim. Free ad. For, for free ad for Tucon Gyms, uh, which is a mainstay of comfort. If you uh, excuse me, Center Point. If you haven't been there, you ought to go. It's it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. just an amazing how much work they put into that oh, gym yeah. and his, his staff that the put lands, into that landscaping and oh well, golly, it, it's like you're stepping into a, a tropical paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just beautiful. So Tucon Gyms in uh, Center Point and. Megan, shout out to Megan <laughs> there as well. And e- even though yesterday the weather was not great, it was misting and and cool. And at one point it started raining hard, but we ate outside. We did because and they had they have uh, the table that we were at has a a very large palapa covering mm-hmm, it, covering it up, and they're dog friendly. Mm-hmm. You can bring your doggy. Uh, so it's just uh, we we brought our new dog, mm-hmm. Anna. Mm-hmm. Who's a uh, well? We we haven't decided. She we were we were told when we got her. We got her two and a half. Uh, we got her two months ago. And she's two and a half years old, and she's a. We were told she was a standard poodle, and uh, but several people have said mm, no. She's a golden doodle, so uh, we don't really. But, but we've care. also been told by by people who know golden doodles is that Anna is more laid back like a poodle. She's very very calm, mm-hmm. and apparently. Uh, the doodles can be sort of hyper. Okay, it can be. I yeah. That um, somebody said who's I think a groomer wherever we were at the vet or something. But somebody somebody said if that's a doodle, it's the calmest doodle I've ever seen because mm-hmm. she's probably ninety percent poodle then or something like right. that. But but what, what we're what I want to do, um, we don't care. So, I mean, we're not going to show her or anything, so we don't really care what she is. Or breed her. Oh, well, yeah, we're not going to breed her. Um, but um, well, we can't breed her. <laughs> right? She's well. She's been spayed. Yeah, and it <laughs> well, wasn't before we, we got, got her. Before we got her. Um, where was I going with that? Um, DNA. Oh, 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 that's right. That's right. Um, you can you can do a D- DNA test on your dog. You can go online. And you can get a kit, and the way you do it is you just swab the inside of their mouth, and you send that to the company, and they will tell you what you've got. What and I, wa- I, I, I want to do it. Yeah, I want to do it, too, depending on how, I don't know how much it costs. But, uh, it's about $100. Oh. Oh. Well. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> what I want to do is, what, saliva swab? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to send them a, a saliva swab of my own saliva and see what that comes back as. Okay. This is you know, part Rhodesian Ridgeback. <laughs> I've always thought I was anyway. <laughs> well, well, I did promise before you go on, I did promise uh, before the break that I would let people know some of the reasons why Alice and right. I vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one reason we vote Democrat is because we think it's better to pay billions for oil to people who hate us but not drill our own because it might upset some endangered beetle or gopher or fish here in America. See, we don't care about the beetles, gophers, or fish in those other countries. Uh, and another reason is uh, we, we vote Democrat because we believe liberal judges need to rewrite the Constitution every few days to suit fringe kooks who would never get their agendas past the voters. <laughs> and finally, 
Alice and I vote Democrat because we believe that we need eight times as many agents to target American citizens than to target drug cartels and human trafficking. 175,000 IRS agents versus 19,000 border agents. So those are some of the reasons Mm -hmm. why Alice and I think you ought to vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, um, we just started a new month on Thursday. And Bill? Yes, I am. How do you how do you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? It. The the, <laughs> the, the new month that we just started. Oh, uh February. Okay. I, I say feb February. Well, you have a speech impediment. <laughs> February. In the United States, the most common pronunciation of the word is February. That's what I said, February. Merriam-Webster and American Heritage Dictionaries consider this common pronunciation correct, along with the less common but more traditional standard February, which is what how I pronounce it. And, uh, okay, the uh, acceptance of February irritates fans of the traditional standard. Now, what um, is the traditional Fe- that's how I pronounce it. February. Feb- Say that again. That's most traditional. What is it again? February. You've Feb- never heard me. You've he- never heard me talk. No. Fe- yeah. February. No kidding. Now, it, it irritates fans of the uh, traditional, which is what I s- speak, mm-hmm. are irritated that the uh, dictionaries accept uh, the uh, common. Um, however, the loss of the R in February isn't a recent habit. People have been avoiding that for at least uh, 150 years, huh. or perhaps longer than that. Huh. So, even though you're wrong, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, is January the same thing? No. Some people pronounce it January. <laughs> February is the only month I know of that has alternate pronunciations. Huh. Well, hmm, that, I I did not know that. I really didn't. Oh, you know, in 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 the break, um, our uh, master gardener was talking about pruning um, crepe myrtles, mm-hmm. and uh, what she was talking about was crepe murder, and uh, we crepe did murder crepe murder. Okay, and we did not learn that. Until we moved to Texas, mm-hmm. um, we we lived in we came from Virginia. Well, I will point out I am a native Texan. So, well, okay, yeah, I moved yeah. back to Texas. <laughs> yeah, it, but after it, working in Congress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we uh, we came here from Virginia, and Virginia has lots of crepe myrtles. I, I'd say more than than we have around oh, here. Oh yeah, but lots and lots definitely. of them. Yeah. And my my brother, who's a real expert in in all sorts of plants. When he came to Texas, he was absolutely appalled at the crepe murder. What what Texans do is prune crepe myrtles way, way back. Whereas in other places, Florida, where my brother lived, and in Virginia, people just leave them. Mm-hmm. Um, ba- you they don't know, prune them. No, they yeah. don't prune them at all. And uh, they look beautiful when mm. they're when they're naked in the in the winter. Yeah, they have pretty bark. So, so like I said, we were just appalled he, here in Texas. He was, yeah, that's well, for sure. Yeah, well, that's why the master gardener was telling people essentially not to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, Old Farmer's Almanac, which has been published since 1792, 
uh, has weather forecasts, and they do weather forecasts over a year in advance. And believe it or not, over the years, over the decades, they have been accurate 80% of the time, even forecasting weather more than a year in advance. What do they say for February, February, (laughs) February? You're allowed to pronounce it Uh, the way you do, even though you're not wrong. Right. Uh, February. February. Is that it? February. 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 Okay. February. February. All right. Yeah. Uh, They are saying for... Texas, uh, we've got, uh, oh, you're right. We've got to take a break, so I shouldn't talk about this? No, you can. Okay. Allison is giving me signals to take a break. Okay. Uh, They're saying that uh, the temperatures in February will be average, and precipitation will be one inch below average for the month of February. So, uh uh, February 1 through 8, sunny, cold, then mild. And then rain and snow showers. Uh, not snow showers here, but uh, very cold from February 9 to 14. Oh, um, and that's what we so, have. Yeah, that's what. So they are amazing. Old Farmer's Almanac. We're Bill and Allison. And uh, when we come back, we're going to listen to hear, hear from the great Buddy Brown on the Texas border dispute with the, the feds. You won't want to miss this. Buddy Brown is great. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back. We are Bill and Allison. Bill and Allison Mancaro with you on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And now here's the great Buddy Brown. The Texas border has been invaded and... The feds have been ordered by Biden to go down there in defiance of the Texas National Guard and clip the razor wire that is separating the border of the United States and Mexico. Right now, it's just the feds, okay? So nothing's too serious yet, but Biden is being pushed by his own Communist Party to get down there and actually, ready for this, seize the Texas National Guard. I ain't read words more serious, y'all, since about the spring of 1861. Y'all know exactly where this leads, don't you? Now, in theory, the Texas National Guard belongs to Texas and is overseen by the governor of Texas, but ultimately reports to the President of the United States. But that ain't what we're seeing, is it? Is it? The Texas National Guard is following the orders of Texas and replacing the wire the feds just cut out. You see, they didn't sign up for the regular military. They signed up to protect Texas, first and foremost. That's where their allegiance lies. So I feel like this needs to be said in regard to Biden possibly sending down troops to seize the Texas National Guard. You do that, you know damn well what you're asking for. Now a message to our soldiers. I've always supported you. I've always supported you since the day I was born. I'll tell you this right now. With millions of people sitting there in agreement, our support is contingent on you enforcing the Constitution. Y'all got that? You swore an oath to defend and protect. You failed to do that. We're out. And you could just say, oh, well, we were just following orders, buddy. They told us to go in there and cut the wires. You don't understand that's an order, so we had to take it. The Gestapo said the same thing to Hitler. They said the same exact thing. We were just following orders. So I got to ask y'all, what things might we expect from y'all? What horrors in the next 10 years to your own countrymen? Under the excuse of we were just following orders. History lesson, y'all. If y'all remember the states that voted to create the United States, okay? 
When they joined the United States, that included an agreement and a compact that the federal government would take care of the states in trouble. So this would be just like a woman who married a man who swore to protect her in trouble. And then every time she goes outside, the neighbor beats her. And he looks at her and says, why are you defending yourself? Why are you fighting back? Do you see how insane this is? This is exactly what it feels like right now to be a Texan in America. Talk about getting your rights trampled. Article 4, Section 4, this is beautiful right here, of the Constitution says that the federal government should take care of the state's needs when they are in danger, okay? And we get to ask the federal government to live up to that obligation. Then, the authors of the Constitution obviously knew at some point the federal government was not going to be able to actually take care of the states all the time. So, what they did is they empowered the states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. And what Texas is asserting here is the right of self-defense. Since the president is unwilling to fulfill his duty and to enforce the laws that get passed by Congress, then Texas has to do what Americans expect to be done. And yeah, the Supreme Court voted five to four to cut the wire, big deal. If you really look at the Supreme Court decision that was actually issued, it wasn't an opinion. Do y'all understand that? There was just a couple sentences on there. There was nothing about razor wire. There was nothing about uh, what Texas is doing or what they can or can't do. It was just, just a decision to snip it right now. Regardless of what any court says, what I want y'all to understand is the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, which provides Texas a right to self-defense. And any of our troops that want to go to war against our own people and forget your oath, Remember that your acts are treasonous and it'll catch up with you this life or the next one. If it happens and you turn on your own, I want you to know that we the people are your enemy and we play for keeps. God bless y'all. Be good. Well, that was great. I'm, I'm glad that that people outside Texas, like Buddy Brown, uh, realize what's going on down here. Absolutely. And we are, we here in Hill Country are quite close to the border. Um, when we first moved here, I thought it was really cool to be able to hop in the car and drive to Mexico for lunch. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, what about three and a half hours? Yeah, I mean we uh, we went to uh, Ciudad Acuna. Yeah. Can't do that anymore. No. People don't do that anymore no. unless no. they've got a death wish. Exactly. Well, uh, landowners in Hill Country uh, are being told to prepare prepare for crowds ahead of the uh, total solar eclipse, which is a really, really big deal. It's on April 8th. It's a Monday. And we are expecting um, huge crowds. I mean, we have been told that it, that it could be close to a million people uh, descending on uh, tourists, uh, descending on our area. Uh, for for the eclipse, yeah, well, hill country area. Hill, yeah, hill I mean, country. We're, we're talking about. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the path exactly, but um, I know that uh, Fredericksburg is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Johnson City? Do you remember? Oh, geez, I don't know. I just yeah. saw, I sent you that really cool. Yeah, I know. Um, map yeah. of the uh, of well, Johnson City certainly certainly will get right. a good chunk of it. Well, okay, F- Fredericksburg and Kerrville are both smack dab in the middle of the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the path is only what a hundred miles wide. Uh, it varies. Uh, it gets less mm. as it as it tra- travels across. It it travels uh, from southwest to northeast across the United States and Mexico. Yeah, it starts in Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, probably one reason twenty nine miles to less than a hundred when it gets up oh, to, okay. to New England in that area. Well, uh, one reason that people would be coming here 
for it to hill country is because we have the longest uh, totality, which is four and a half minutes. And that doesn't sound like a big deal, but uh, the farther north and east it goes, it, it gets smaller, uh, less and less. Uh, I think where it ends up in the northeast in New England, it's a minute or something like that. So, so if you're, you know people wanting to travel are going to go where they get the maximum. Plus, uh, our weather um, is more consistent than other parts of the country. Oh yeah, we, I would we say especially to, the northeast. We used to live in uh, Virginia when we worked for the U.S. Congress, and uh, we lived in uh, Northern Virginia and Alexandria, and the uh, which is the you know just outside D.C. and it was cloudy. It's, I'm going to say I've had most of the time. It seemed like most of the time. <laughs> well, in the winter, in winter, the winter and, and, yeah. and into spring. So it's you know it, but up there you don't know whether uh, you're going to be able to see the eclipse or not. It'll get dark, but you you know maybe right. too cloudy. But uh, in this area, it's you know le- even, less. Yeah, even though we, we can't days. predict it, it it's no. highly likely. Well, Bill mentioned that we we lived in Alexandria, just outside Washington D.C., and we were um, very very close to Mount Vernon. We were walking distance oh, yeah. to to Mount Vernon, yeah. uh, George Washington's home, and where we lived um, at one point was a fa- farm owned by George Washington. We lived on the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a huge farm. Yeah, <laughs> he had a lot of acreage, but uh, never found any, uh, you know, false teeth or anything <laughs> in our backyard. But uh, wooden, he had wooden teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was very cool to be so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would take walks daily. There was a very nice walking trail, and uh, I would, not every day, but uh, often I would just go and look at mount vernon yeah yeah it was very very cool mm-hmm. yeah. well we're coming up on a uh on the news the latest news on the hill country patriot that's why it's your information station we are your information station and also when we come back from our news break and some important uh announcements that you need to know about among other things, we're going to be talking to January Weesey, who's executive director of Hill Country Wineries, and she's going to tell us not only about some new wines and what's good and out there for Texas wines, but she has a very exciting offer uh, that she's going to announce uh, when we come back. So you'll want to stay tuned for that very exciting news that she has. If you like wine or you know somebody who likes wine, you won't want to miss her offer. It's it's. <laughs> save a lot of money is what you're going to do so but we are bill and allison mancaro on the hill country patriot your information station first couple of texasradio.com and hillcountrypatriot.com to listen to us live we'll be back right after the news so stay with us The first couple of Texas Radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Well, welcome back, Allison. That's us. That's That's us. That's us. Bob Harmon said that. First couple of Texas Radio. Uh, And we didn't invent that. The the station came up with that act specifically, I believe, was Bob Harmon. I think so. I told Bob, you know, radio people pay a lot of money to consultants (laughs) to come up with stuff like that. But uh, he just uh, gave us a gift. So uh, Mm -hmm. we appreciate it. Shout out to Bob Harmon. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bob, Bob and Jill. 
Um, well, okay, I was talking earlier um, about how landowners in Hill Country are, are being told to prepare for the crowds ahead of the April 8th total solar eclipse, which is a really big deal. And what you should do is uh, put up signs to let visitors know that it's private property. Hmm. Uh, for example, if you have like you know a dirt or gravel road leading to your property and you don't have a gate, people might just drive down it and park to see the eclipse. Um, so it's su- suggested that you put up no trespassing signs. If you do, if you don't want that, if you don't mind people yeah. doing that, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, without we we learned uh, interesting. You, you can't charge someone with trespassing unless you have a sign that says no trespassing. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that is a no trespassing sign is legal notice um, that, you know, you should not enter that property. Mm-hmm. Posted. If you're, if you're not posted, you can't accuse mm-hmm. somebody of trespassing because the theory is they wouldn't know. Right. Know. Exactly. Well, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might think it's just a... Country, field or country road yeah, exactly. um so w- we need to uh, make sure we get our everybody no needs to trespassing signs up. To, everybody needs to do that mm-hmm. that's right that's right you know in in the interview that uh, bill just conducted with january Weesey, who's the executive director of the uh, hill country wineries uh, she mentioned uh, montepulciano which is being grown in this area and um, a few years ago not too long ago Bill and I were in Italy. We stayed a, in a t- tiny, tiny town, a population of about 500, and we were staying in an inn, and uh, the view from the patio of our inn was of the town of Montepulciano. So was, we were just at the base of it. You described it as uh, living in a postcard. <laughs> yeah, I told our, our host, uh, who owns a winery, I said, you live in a postcard. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think I I took any pictures. Maybe Bill did. Yeah, we took some pictures. Okay, some Be, some videos. Well, because you can buy postcards that that look <laughs> better than than your oh, yeah. your pictures you gonna can't, come you, out. You know, if, of a camera, you know, you take your a picture, you take yourself. Cannot do it justice. No, cannot do it justice. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was Flavio Andreucci, uh, mm-hmm. who we were talking about uh, talking, telling him that, and mm-hmm. uh, that's Andreucci has a tasting room. They they make all their wines in Tuscany, and they've been doing it since seventeen ninety. Okay. And uh, there's a tasting room in downtown Fredericksburg. Again, a little free ad. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And the, the, the town, the village where we stayed of, of 100 people, I mean 500 people, um, that's Flavio's hometown. Yeah. And uh, his, and, his and, family and just, has been just making out, wines. Just outside of there is, is where uh, the Andreucci winery is. And his family's been making wines there since the seven, 1700s. Uh, and uh, they have a tasting room uh Caddy Corner from the Nimitz Museum, the Museum mm-hmm. of uh, Pacific War. And <laughs> on every bottle of their wine is this document. You think, well, you look at it, well, what, what is this? Well, the story behind that is that when Napoleon's troops invaded Italy, they stopped in this little town in Tuscany and they said, we want wine for our troops. And they said, okay, the best wine is at Andreucci. And so they showed up, and they bought wine for the troops. Now, you so, got... So, so what's on the bottles of wine is a um, um, bill, of, bill of sale for, bill of for sale Napoleon's signed troops. Signed by Napoleon's general, uh, or whoever he was, buying this, this wine from Andreucci. 
<laughs> now, you think about it. You've got, what, I have no idea, I'm guessing, 50,000 soldiers that show up at your front door and they want wine. <laughs> they could have taken it, but they didn't. They paid for it, which is, you know, kind of cool. So there, there you go. Well, as our regular listeners know, that's the woke. Not, not an air raid. Yeah, it's not an air raid. That's our woke alert. And, uh, you know, that the latest outrage, um, posters, and this is Disney, posters featuring a wheel of power and privilege were hung in employee spaces in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, Instructing employees that being white, cisgender male, and that, that means being straight, and even speaking English means that you have unearned privilege that your marginalized co-workers do not. Um, the wheel, for all employees to see, has the word power in the middle and it's sectioned like a dartboard with certain traits fanning outward that are labeled um, marginalized. For example, being white a cisgender male, owning property, and speaking English are all considered privileged, while being uh, dark-skinned, transgender, homeless, and not speaking English are considered marginalized. Uh, in between the inner and outer circle um, would be people who are not completely marginalized, but not totally privileged either. And, and this would be cisgender women, that's straight women, gay men, People with high sc- high school education who learned English. How about that? Okay. It inclu- so Disney's doing this. Yes, yes. Included on the wheel is a definition of privilege, stating that it is unearned access or advantage granted to, t- to specific groups of people because of their membership in a social group. And uh, privilege can be based off a variety of different social identities, such as race, gender, religion, socioeconomic status, status, ability status, sexuality, age, education level, and more. Um, within the U.S., members of social groups that hold privileges, white, male, wealthy, able-bodied, have historically held dominance and power over targeted groups. The, the, the poster also asks, why should we accept that we have privileges? It provides the following answer. By accepting that we have privileges, we can see that not everyone sees the world from our perspective and that we have privileges in our life that have hindered our awareness of the world. Um, the, an employee said that these materials were posted in the production kitchen on Main Street USA in Disneyland in Anaheim. Uh, this uh, production kitchen services, Carnation Cafe, the Tropical Hideaway, Jolly Holiday Bakery and Cafe, and Refreshment Corner, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Uh, the, the Wasn't em- sponsored by Bud Light? Oh, <laughs> uh, the employee uh, who reported this uh, said divisive materials like this are destroying the magic of the part. So many cast members, as they refer to employees, are tired of... Division being pushed with a lack of regard for our fo- founder Walt Disney's vision. 
No, he'd be rolling over in his grave. Oh, yeah. This isn't what Walt would have wanted for his company. Uh, he Walt said, to all who come, this is a happy place. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Th- things like this wheel make people feel unwelcome. Unless you're white or straight. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It destroys the magic. Within hours of being asked by the press about the poster, it was removed. Yeah. Well, after they, they, they took discovered it, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was a, yeah. It, was, it was a mistake, Ellison. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was d- a mistake. D- no. Two, saying two plus two is five is a mistake. <laughs> this is not a mistake. Yeah, well, well, Disney has come under fire in recent years for its turn toward wokeness, with numerous box office blunders for films deemed to be pushing oh, they put, leftist they, political agendas. They they had a guy in a dress welcoming children to to Disneyland or mm-hmm. Disney Disney World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disney World in, in Florida. In, in Florida, yeah. yeah. Okay, and top-ranking employees at Disney have also admitted to pushing a not-so-not-at-all-secret gay agenda. Of course it's it's mm-hmm. not secret at all. We have we, we played an audio on this program a couple of times. Uh, a high-ranking Disney employee said, I push, and this is a leaked audio from a meeting, uh, a Zoom meeting, uh, she said, I push the gay, I'm paraphrasing, I push the gay agenda and nobody has ever tried to stop me and I want to fill up Disney with gay stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I would never go back to Disney World right. or Disneyland or any, nor do I, do we rent uh, anything, we're not on Disney Plus or whatever mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is. I won't give them a penny of my money and I hope nobody else does either. Well, okay, that's that's starting to happen. In Good. T- in 2023, last year, uh, Disney lost nearly $1 billion Great. Great. on movies like Elemental and The Little Mermaid. Great. And, go woke, go broke. Yeah, the, the CEO, uh, Bob Iger, admitted that Disney lost sight of entertainment as it put more political messaging in its content. But they're still doing it. Yeah. They're still doing it. Yeah. He, but he, 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 he has finally said, we have to entertain first. It's yeah. not about messages. They hit him, we hit him in the pocketbook where it hurts. You know. Well, we should all know the warning signs of white supremacy on that subject, Allison. There are five warning signs of white oh, supremacy. Okay. Number one, married and hit with kids. Mm-hmm. Number two, full-time employment. <laughs> number three regular church attendance and the other two warning signs of white supremacy no criminal record and distrust the government those are warning signs of white supremacy well while we're on that subject california legislators in california have introduced a first in the nation package of reparations bills uh, do we have time for this allison or do we need to go to a break you're going to uh, give me a warning. Is this, this, yeah, this, yeah, we've got time for it. Okay, this takes a few minutes. Uh, the thing, <laughs> there's a catch to these bills that the legislature in California has passed. The reparations being offered do not include any actual cash payments. <laughs> uh, by the way, California has never had slavery. Entered, entered the Union as a free state in 1850. No history of slavery. Uh, so, uh, there was a committee that reported to the legislature and they said, uh, well, they went, they dithered around how much reparations there should be. They came up with, uh, $1.2 million for each black resident of California. (laughs) And then, or eight later, they came up with 800 billion overall, which is two and a half times the annual California state budget entirely. Um, they would, oh, they wanted separate schools for black children, which would be illegal under federal law and create a new Jim Crow system in California. 
But uh, uh, the, the the mayor of Chicago said that reparations uh, would help the address uh, crime in Chicago. Uh, he said money for restoration reparations most of the crime in Chicago, which is true because it's black on black crime is most most of the black crimes. Uh, so he wants half a million dollars for reparations there. Uh, Walter Williams, the great black economist, said, let me offer you my definition of social justice. I keep what I earn, and you keep what you earn. Do you disagree? Well, then tell me how much of what I earn belongs to you, and why. Hmm? And why. So, that's... We got a little audio on reparations. Okay, this is uh, Mark Robinson, who is lieutenant governor of North Carolina, and he's currently running for governor. Mark Robinson. There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. And I remember I made this particular liberal so angry at me because I told them right to their face, nobody owes you anything for slavery. If you want to tell the truth about it, it is you who owes. It's you who owes. Why do you owe? Because somebody in those fields took stripes for you. Somebody after those fields were ended and slavery was ended. Somebody had to walk through Jim Crow for you. Somebody fought wars and died for you. Somebody lived less than because they didn't have what you have and they did it for you. There are people in their graves right now. And they are there because they were willing to stand up and fight for you. Those folks on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Carrying an American flag. Take that color. Living in a society that he scarcely acknowledged. Something that he has never known. Living with a bigotry that none of us can imagine. Carrying American flags on that bridge. And when they were hit upside the head with nightsticks. And shot with water hoses. And knocked to the ground. They got up and picked those flags up and kept marching. And they did it for you. Nobody owes you anything. If anybody owes, it's you. Because after freedom, you are the one that owes. And what do you owe? You owe it to them to get up off your tail and get to school. And when you get to school, you owe it to them to get up off your tail at school and get to work and get some learning in your head. And once you get that schooling in your head and get out of that school, you owe it to them to get to work. And then when you get to work and you get Married, you owe it to them to take care of your children and not let the government take care of your children. It's you who owe. Nobody owes you a single solitary thing. Well, that was Mark Robinson, who is lieutenant governor of North Carolina and is running for governor. And he'll be the first black governor of North Carolina, as I believe, if he's elected. Well, what do we got, Allison? Well, a, a federal grand jury has indicted a uh, former San Antonio Army civilian worker. Uh, her name is Janet Mello, on charges that she stole more than $100 million, which was intended for a 4-H program for children of military families. And, and listeners know that uh, the Ranch Radio Group is a, a big supporter of um, 4-H, among other groups, FFA? we we yeah FFA, but we just recently had a, a radiothon uh, on 
ranch radio group stations, um, support um, raising money for the kids in the stock show. But in, anyway, so so this woman stole one hundred million dollars that was intended for 4-H program for children of military families. Yet she was allowed to retire with full benefits. Now, someone in the now, pro- who did you work for? The Army. She was a civilian working for the Army. Good lord! Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, unlike unlike those in the private sector, like probably most of you, uh, who probably would have been fired, uh, she was protected by the rules of the bureaucracy that she worked for. Um, a spokesman for the agency in the army that she worked for said that she retired during the investigation that led to the federal charges uh and and the spokesman said there was nothing it could do to stop her from taking that option because of federal law uh we we have no authority to affect her retirement uh in in accordance with u.s code uh, an individual may be de- de- denied an annuity or retired pay on the basis um, of the service of the person if the person is convicted of treason, rebellion, or insurrection, or other similar offenses. There is there is no law, uh, there's no statute denying retired pay based on any other offenses, which means Includes stealing one hundred million dollars. Well, did they get the money back? Um, well, they they might get some of it back, um, but mm-hmm. uh, what what this case highlights is an issue in government services that you know people in government service are familiar with. Uh, it can be difficult to fire U.S. civil service employees, oh, even for is. egregious contract and co- conduct. As in stealing one hundred wow. million dollars. Well, Alice and I used to be in the civil service, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we had civil service jobs in Washington D.C. This was before we went to Congress to work, and because uh, congressional staff is not civil service, but the uh, it, it's notoriously difficult to fire anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's almost impossible to fire a civil servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a friend of mine is a lawyer, uh, was a lawyer at the uh, Federal Communications Commission, and he said there was some, a man there who'd been there for a number of years, and uh, he was completely incompetent. He was a lawyer, but he's completely incompetent. And he, they couldn't fire him. And they didn't want to give him any responsibilities because he's such a screw-up. So they, they, the only thing they could do was take away his desk so he had no desk to go to and no duties. Uh, he didn't get any memos. He didn't get any, any assignments at all. But he said he still was on the payroll. They couldn't get him off the payroll. And he would come into the FCC and just hang around the water cooler and talk to people. Uh, and, that, that's, and, and still stay on the payroll. That's, that's civil service for you. I, yeah. We had a friend who worked for the Department of the Interior, and she had just gotten her job there. And she told us this story that uh, there was a memo that came in from another division of the Department of Interior into hers. And it, it, I don't remember what the specifics were, but she saw the memo and there were some questions on it about her department. So she answered the memo and sent it back to the division that had sent it. And she was called in by her boss and her boss was outraged that she had done this. And he said, don't you know that we have 30 days to respond 
to any interoffice memo and you responded immediately? He says, I just got an irate call from the boss over there at, the, at that division who said, how come you didn't wait the full 30 days? Now now you've you've lost us. 30. We could have sat on it for another 30 days, but now we you know, we had 60 days, but you've cost us. And he was, he was outraged about that. So that that's the civil service for you. Well, back to the uh, civilian employee of the Army in San Antonio who stole oh, one, $100 million, dollars, essentially from children uh, in the 4-H program, uh, children of military families. Um, the uh, last year, she was, uh, she like I said, a civilian working for the Army, and she was making $130,000 per year. And last year, uh, IRS agents raided her $1.2 million home. And she had gone on expensive globe-trotting trips. She dined at high-end restaurants, bought expensive jewelry, designer clothing and accessories, and she amassed a collection of vintage and high-performance cars and motorcycles. All with the kids' money. And she also bought millions of dollars worth of real estate, including several luxury condos. Wow. 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 Yeah. She's she's just ripped off the children. Money stolen from, from children of military families, yeah. hundred million dollars. Well, there's a special place in hell for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, how are we doing on time? Got, uh, not much. Not much. Going to a break pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then I won't start a new story. Um, that reminds me, though, of member Lois Lerner of the IRS, who was in charge of the um, nonprofit uh, charity division, and. Uh, she went after uh, conservative and Christian groups, took away their uh, tax-exempt status, and did all sorts of illegal things. Uh, and she retired from the IRS with a, she, with a full pension, and she's sitting on the beach somewhere uh, enjoying her full pension. She was never prosecuted, never called to account, except by Congress, uh, for this. So uh, that's, that's, what, yeah, that's what our government is. Unfortunately, that's scary, scary stuff. When we come back, we're going to have some other scary stuff. (laughs) But we'll have some good news for you, too. The Bill and Allison Show on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And this is our friends, the Jive Aces from London. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, and you can hear us anytime. First couple of TexasRadio.com. That's right. That's right. You know, Allison, I saw, <clears throat> we were talking about guns earlier. Uh, I saw a movie where only the police and the military had guns, which is something that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people want. Called The movie is called Schindler, Schindler's, Schindler's List. List. Schindler's List, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Well, Biden's caretakers has just have just sold the National Helium Reserve. Remember how, how they took, because uh, I know Biden doesn't know what, what, it, what it's all about, but uh, they tapped the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is only to be mm-hmm. tapped in case of emergencies, but he did it to lower gasoline prices in, in, uh, ahead of the last election. 
Well, now he just sold the National Helium Reserve. Uh, and what is the National Helium Reserve? It's a uh, subterranean treasure in Amarillo, uh, responsible for supplying up to 30% of the nation's helium needs. Now, why do we need helium? It's critical and indispensable in medical technologies, cryogenics, semiconductors, and even rocket propulsion systems. Uh, so the, the new owner of our helium, uh, National Helium Reserve uh, we'll also get 425 miles of pipelines across three states and roughly 1 billion cubic feet of helium. Um, by the way, MRIs heavily rely on helium. So what's interesting about the timing of this, it came right after Biden said uh, to Texas, uh, stop cutting the, wi- the border wire and uh, threatened to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard put them under federal control, and uh, the governor, Abbott, said no way. You know, come and take it, basically. Uh, who, 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 who bought the helium reserve? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Uh, the, he, he's, it's being auctioned off. I don't know if it's mm. been sold out or not. But well, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't until I was in Amarillo that I realized that helium actually came from underground. Mm-hmm. I figured it was made in some laboratory. No, it's like natural gas. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that brings up... So Biden is punishing Texas for, for uh, enforcing our federal border laws uh, by selling the helium reserve, which is in Amarillo. He's also frozen liquid, liquefied natural gas exports, and Texas is heavily reliant economically on liquefied natural gas exports. And he's done this all since the border crisis with Texas has come up. So the guy is, again, it's, it's caretakers, but the guy is punishing Texas for opposing him. And uh, that's that's what we've got for your president, Joe Biden. So after Trump takes back the White House and we finally get rid of your dumbass, what's next for you? Are you going on vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from the, uh, a couple of adult diaper companies. I mean, I already use their diapers, so, so I might as well make some money using them, you know. Jill wants to put me in a home, but they don't allow showering with daughters and shit. So I'm not that excited about that option. I think we're just going to wait and see. Yeah, that obviously is a parody and wasn't really Joe Biden, but it probably artificial intelligence <laughs> made that. But uh, I just, that's uh, got him. That's <laughs> brilliant. Or a really good imitator. Brilliant. Well, or a really good imitator. That, that's very possible, too. Yeah, uh, several years ago, um, the company that Bill and I own, uh, put on an annual convention, and uh, at that time we were holding them in Washington D.C. And we would have a Saturday night banquet, and we decided to start having entertainment. And um, the, the first one that we had, or one of the early ones we had, was a Bill Clinton impersonator. This was when Clinton was president, and uh, we. Friends of ours had heard him at at another event, and they said, "You know, you've got to have this guy." So, um, as it turned out, he he was still in town. So we went down to the hotel where where the event was being held, and we ran into him in the bar, and we went over and and talked to him, and it was just absolutely incredible. This guy sounded exactly like Bill Clinton. Yeah, well, he was doing he was doing Bill Clinton for us at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he we 
Oh, I, I, it was hard to get him out of the. It was. B- he, Bill he stayed in character, and I, I, because we wanted to talk to him about, uh, you know, making an appearance and doing his act at our at our business event, and uh, he he stayed in character, and <laughs> as Bill Clinton, and I said to Allison, I can't get a straight answer out of this guy, and he said, kind of like talking to the real thing, ain't it? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> But he was great. Tim Waters is his name. Uh-huh. And he's been in a lot of movies as Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he was a real estate agent in Temple Terrace, Florida. Mm-hmm. And he said people kept saying, you look so much like Bill, you look so much like Bill Clinton. And uh, so he said, I decided to give it a try. And, that, mm-hmm. and then it became a full-time job for him as a, as a Bill Clinton impersonator. Uh, and a very, very nice guy. He is a very nice guy. Uh, so a shout out to Tim Waters and hoping your career as Bill Clinton goes on for many, many years. Well, we've got a birthday to celebrate. February 3rd, 1809, Felix Mendelssohn was born. Felix Mendelssohn was a German composer, and you, you may say, well, I don't know anything about Mendelssohn. I may have heard of him or, you know. I hate these people who say, oh, I know all about Mendelssohn, and they've never seen one of his paintings, Allison. <laughs> Anyway, Felix Mendelssohn was a German composer, a pianist, an organist, a conductor of the early Romantic period. He's often considered the greatest child prodigy after Mozart. Robert Schumann, great classical conductor in his own right, um, composer in his own right, who was a close friend of Mendelssohn's, perceptively described him as the Mozart of the 19th century. And you say, well, do I have I ever heard of uh, a song that uh, Felix Mendelssohn uh, ever wrote? Um, yeah, I think you've heard this one. That, of course, is known as the Wedding March. And lots of us have walked down the aisle to it. Absolutely. So, happy birthday to Felix Mendelssohn, the composer of the famous Wedding March. And we played that at our wedding. Mm-hmm. We also played a uh, Beethoven. Um, Jesu. Oh, hey, you know, Jesu. Uh, Man's Desire. Uh-huh. Joy, played joy, joy of Man's Desire. Joy of Man's Desire. Yeah. Does that put you in the mood to get married again, Allison? <laughs> uh, it does. It well, actually good. does. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Felix Mendelssohn. Happy birthday, Felix. Oh, he's a tragic character. He died at age 39. Uh, basically, they're, they're not sure how he passed away, but his sister, who he's very, very close to, died at a very young age and uh, he was so devastated they said he basically died of a broken heart uh, horrible horrible thing uh, there, there's some other speculation of you know he had some uh, family history of heart problems and things but that didn't help that didn't help so a tragic figure but a great great composer Felix Mendelssohn happy birthday Felix well you you mentioned that his sister died from a broken heart no, he died from a broken heart when she died. Oh, oh I don't that's know right, that's died. right. But back then, people died young anyway. Okay, so. okay. Well, this is a factoid that you probably do not know. An elephant cannot cry, 
Hmm. And it can also die from <laughs> from a broken heart. Oh. It's been actually recorded elephants dying from broken hearts. Oh, my gosh. Huh. Huh. Well, I was doing some uh, reading in my spare time uh, about some laws we probably don't know about. In the U.S., it is legal for children to smoke cigarettes. Did you know that? <laughs> no. But it's illegal for anyone under the age of uh, 18 they can't bu- they can't to buy, buy them. them. They can't buy them, but it's legal for them to smoke them. Uh, in the state of Florida, it's illegal to sing in public while wearing a swimsuit. <laughs> uh, in the state of Idaho, it is illegal to fish while riding the back of a camel. <laughs> I'm not making this up. These are actual laws. Uh, one more. In the state of Kentucky, it's illegal to hold ice cream in your back pocket. <laughs> Dude, what a mess. Oh, where else would you hear these things except on the Bill and Allison Bencaro show? I That's ask right. you every every Saturday morning, eight to ten on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station for the entire Hill Country, and we're glad to be here. We're glad you joined us today. We we always have a lot of fun with the show. Uh, it's it's been a joy. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. And he will direct your paths. And that's a promise from the Bible. Live by it. 